the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Probably. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed it is. Good morning to you. Ten minutes after ten o'clock as hour number two gets underway on this Monday, the 18th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thanks again to Congressman Jim Jordan for some great commentary. Uh, last segment, we uh, invite you to join us now in this segment and for the rest of the hour. In fact, we are guest free until 10 o'clock or until 11 o'clock rather at 216. 216- Nine zero one zero nine four five. That's the number to get in. Eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. We'll get here as well. Don't forget, you can also use me on the toxic platforms, or not use me. Rather, you should find me as uh, we make use of the toxic platforms called Twitter and Facebook. Both of them are horrific, but sometimes we need to make use of them in order to combat what they are. Uh, Twitter. France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, all one word, no spaces, no underscores. You can also find me at the same place on Facebook, France Radio. I also I already have a couple of very important uh, links, uh, stories linked to my Facebook page as well. They're open for your commentary, and I certainly welcome them. One of them, by the way, I wanted to pivot to now. And we'll go back to the phones here in just a second. I do see people on hold there. But I just wanted to kind of throw this one up there quickly, if I can. Did you see what happened uh, on Friday? It was kind of buried right at the end of the work week and at the end of the news cycle. The Connecticut Supreme Court. You think, why do I care about what happens in Connecticut? Because this is much bigger than Connecticut. This is about the Second Amendment. This is about your right to defend yourself, your property, your family, um, with the Second Amendment granted us by the founders of this great nation, the Connecticut Supreme Court decided to allow a lawsuit to continue against Remington, against the companies that manufacture and sell rifles, including semi-automatic rifles, like the one used by the gunman Adam Lanza in the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School. 
The lawsuit mounted a direct challenge to the immunity that Congress has granted gun companies to shield them from litigation when their weapons are used in a crime. The ruling allows the case brought by the victims' families to maneuver around that federal shield, creating a potential opening to bring claims to trial and hold the companies, including Remington, which made the rifle, liable for the attack. I cannot begin to express how dangerous of a precedent this would be. I want you to think about that. The maker of a legal product can be sued and held liable for the misuse of that legal product in an illegal way. Just because they made it. Think about that for a moment. The decision represents a significant development in the long-running battle between gun control advocates and the gun lobby, as it stands to have wider ramifications, experts said, by charting a possible legal roadmap for victims, relatives, and survivors from other mass shootings who want to sue the gun companies for simply making the gun. In the lawsuit, families seized upon the marketing for the AR-15-style Bushmaster used in the 2012 attack, which invoked the violence of combat and used slogans like, Consider Your Man Card Reissued. Lawyers for the families argued those messages reflected a deliberate attempt to appeal to troubled young men like Adam Lanza, the 20-year-old who charged into the elementary school and killed 26 people, including 21st graders, in a spray of gunfire. By the way... AR-15s don't spray. It's a semi-automatic gun. New York Times, you're phrasing here. Don't think that's lost on us. Don't insult our intelligence. There's no spraying of gunfire from an AR-15. One round is fired with each pull of the trigger. It doesn't spray. Machine gun spray. This is not a machine gun. Stop lying. The attack traumatized the nation, made Newtown, Connecticut, the small town where it happened, a rallying point in the broader debate over gun violence. In a 4-3 ruling, the justices agreed with the lower, court's judge, lower court judge's decision to dismiss most of the claims raised by the families, but also found that the sweeping federal protections did not prevent families from bringing a lawsuit based on wrongful marketing claims against the manufacturer of the gun. So what I wanted to know, and this is what I, I, I this kind of came, away, came off of my uh, Facebook promotion a moment ago, I posted this story on my Facebook page actually last night with an intention of talking about it today, and I linked to it um, this story, a different story. This one is from NBC Washington, and this is from December 31st of this past year. So what, three months ago, three, three and a half months ago, whatever. Suffering beyond imagination, suspected DUI driver kills three young siblings in crash. Three young siblings were killed after a suspected drunk driver slammed into their family's car at a traffic light Sunday night in Oxon Hill, Maryland, police said. The children, two five-year-olds and a one-year-old, were killed upon impact at 9.40 p.m. after the driver of a pickup truck rear-ended their car on Indian Head Highway just before the intersection. This story from uh, NBC Washington references the pickup truck four different times. The pickup truck, the pickup truck, the pickup truck, the pickup truck. It never identifies what kind of pickup truck. It never identifies who made that pickup truck.
I demand to know who made that pickup truck. The manufacturer of that vehicle must be held responsible for those three tragic deaths. Who was it? Was it you, Ford? Did you make that pickup truck that was used in an illegal fashion to kill people? How about you, Chevrolet? Maybe it was Toyota. Maybe it was Nissan. I need to know, who should we sue for making that truck that somebody bought legally and then used illegally to kill people by driving drunk? That manufacturer of that weapon, that four-wheeled weapon, must be held accountable. I want them sued. I want the maker of that pickup truck identified and sued for the evil that they participated in. Sound kind of absurd? Sound kind of ridiculous? Sound kind of liberal? Sound kind of progressive? It's all of those things. And I apologize, by the way, to the family, which was so, good God, prayers to them and for them. I cannot imagine, this is three months later, what they're suffering right now with the loss of their three children. I didn't mean to use them in any way other than to point out that their horror, their trauma, their sadness, their loss, their grief, is the responsibility of one person and one person only. The person who drove drunk and slammed that truck into their car. Not the person who made the truck. If people on either side of the gun debate in this country cannot at least agree on that, we are irreparably broken. I don't care what your stand is on guns or gun control or concealed carry or AR-15s. If we can't agree that the manufacturer of the weapon isn't to blame for the actions of somebody who bought it legally or hell, even if it was bought illegally, even if it was stolen, it's not the fault of the manufacturer of the truck. It's not the fault of the manufacturer of the gun. But this is how dangerous of a precipice we are on right now. Ellen is calling us from Rocky River on AM 1420, The Answer. Ellen, thank you for your patience. I do appreciate that. Good morning. Go right ahead. Good morning, Bob. Well, before I get to my the real reason I called, interestingly, this is kind of a prescient conversation. I grew up one um, village away from... Ilian, New York, and Ilian was um, where Remington um, had their plants. There was Remington Arms and Remington Rand. The Rand part, I think, manufactured typewriters. And um, Remington, the Remington um, people employed hundreds of people, um, citizens from the local villages. And interestingly, with you know a gun manufacturer um, in our area, we had no mass shootings. And this is just a sinister way that the left will make sure that the Second Amendment is gutted. They won't actually revoke or repeal the Second Amendment. You just won't be able to buy any guns because the end game is to put gun manufacturers out of business. Exactly. That is, that is perfectly stated, Ellen. I could not have said that yeah. better. That is exactly what this is, and it's kind of exactly why I wanted to bring that up. 
Um, but to get to the point of my conversation, in the yes. spirit of full disclosure, uh, Donald Trump was not my first choice. He wasn't my 17th choice. But he became my only choice when he won the nomination. If I had to pick Donald Trump on his worst day, as opposed to Hillary Clinton, to me, it, there was no choice. And in this, again, I, I agree with you. Um, I I think if we choose not to call President Trump out when he steps in it, then we have no intellectual honesty. I think some of his tweets are actually cringeworthy. And I think the most recent was John McCain. I think it was gratuitous when he mentioned you know, John McCain's academic standing. We know by John McCain's own admission, he graduated at the bottom of the class at Annapolis. But when he did that, when President Trump did that, mm. he distracted, He what he's done is he's distracted the attention away from the real issue. And that is the late John McCain's complicity mm. in this, you know, dirty dossier. That's right. the story. Not the fact that John McCain was not, you know, a scholar. So I think in this instance, you know, the president, and he was angry, I understand that. I think he shot himself in the foot. I think you make a, wow, what a, what a great phone call with some very, very great points here. Um, to, to, to the larger part about him criticizing somebody's education or their intelligence, that is his go-to response if he has been attacked. It's funny, um, he literally just said the very same thing about Joe Biden. Uh, when Joe Biden uh, kind of stepped in it over the weekend and got tongue-tied and basically admitted he was running for president. And what did President Trump tweet out? Uh, that Joe Joe Biden is a low-IQ individual. He said that he well, said the true. same thing about Maxine, uh, Maxine Waters. He has said that so many people that attack him, his attack back at them is, you're dumb. You're low-IQ. You're, you're not smart. You didn't get a good education, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of his go-to thing. Um, and, and because of that, I mean, I don't think he thinks about, like you said, that it may distract from the real point here. And let's criticize McCain's involvement in the, in the, uh, acquiring the acquisition of that, uh, of that dirty dossier. But that's just kind of his go-to thing. Um, and, and, a great, and let me and give you, you one more. Ex- hold on. I'll let you finish yeah, your thought okay. in a moment here. Okay. Um, cause this is such a great phone call, but, uh, but I wanted to kind of un- underscore and buttress another one of the points that you're talking about, uh, with some of these tweets. He literally tweeted, that he wants uh, or is considering a a federal investigation of NBC and Saturday Night Live. He threatens Saturday Night Live with federal investigation because he's tired of being mocked by them. That's the kind of thing where I'm just like that. I'm sorry, Mr. President. I support you, but you're embarrassing yourself. You are embarrassing all of us who support you with this kind of garbage where you're, you're talking about a federal investigation of a satire comedy show that has made fun of presidents. Now, maybe not as mean spiritedly with other presidents as they are with you, but, but this is what they do. They have mocked presidents forever. It is, it is their right to do so. It is what a free speech society upon, you know, like, like I Hours, you know, it's what we've been built upon. He's threatening, you know, legal recourse because they're making fun of him on Saturday Night Live. That stuff we cannot defend. I support the president. I defend the president like you do. But this is the kind of stuff that is embarrassing. It is cringeworthy. Well, you know, I would agree with you. That's what Stalin would have done. And then what happens is he provides all the ammunition that the left needs to then go to their, you know, second, third, fourth narrative about he's a tyrant you know i think what saturday night live does is in very poor taste 
they didn't do, they never do that with the left. And we know that, but yep. you know, we know that we know that the most of Hollywood, most of the entertainment people and the media are leftists. And, you know, I understand it must be horrible every day to be taking this incoming fire. Um, but, but it goes with the territory. The, That's the thing, though. It, it goes with, go the with the territory, and he needs to recognize. And, Ellen, I apologize. Yeah. i gotta, got to let you go now because I'm way up against it here. But he needs to recognize that being in poor taste is is legal. You're allowed to present this mockery in poor taste because the First Amendment protects poor taste. That is exactly the point of it all. Great, great phone call, Ellen. You make sure you call me back often because that's wonderful. Thank you. Back after the Ten twenty-eight now. The Bob France Authority continuing a short segment here, but we've got time to take TJ's phone call from Cleveland on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hi, TJ. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, uh, your last call was great, but you know, one thing I think Trump should have put out there, kind of tweet. I think what I would have put out there. You know, the constant attack of the left to damage and weaken this president is damaging and weakening America. You know, this president is out there trying to renegotiate trade dealers, nuclear weapon deals. Uh, By them damaging him, they damage our ability to make these deals and get it done. And I have no doubt that Kim Jong-un was very much interested in the Cohen, you know, hearings. Uh, That weakened Trump. He's he's dealing from but what, a position but what does it have of weakness to do, but because what does it have of our to do own people on Live, though, TJ. TJ, what does it have to do with Saturday Night Live, though? Well, no, I'm just saying. And one thing about McCain, I got to say, with this tweet, when I heard it, you know what the first thing come to my mind? How the hell did this man get into Annapolis? Is this one of these privileged things we've been hearing about? Who was kept out of it? His spot that deserved. I mean, I really thought about that. Yeah, and, I don't and know. One, but my reason I called, hmm. I have to give the Cleveland Plain Dealer my Hypocrite of the Month award. Over the weekend, I see they're downsizing again, and now they're trying to bust the union. Now, here's the liberals that support the unions, love the unions, because the unions just fill their candidates' coffers with cash. Now, they are trying to bust their union because it's affecting their bottom line. Hypocrite of the month. That's a great point, my friend. Thank you so much for the phone call. The uh, first part... Uh, when you talk about, you know, uh, making fun of the president is hurting the president, which hurts the country. I don't disagree. Um, but again, that is the, that is the bargain that you, that you make when you decide we're going to be a free country and have freedom of the press. People are allowed to criticize the president, even if that criticism somehow may damage the country. Um, you know, which, which of course is a, a matter of opinion. What is, what one might see as damaging to the country, others might see as being, you know, saving the country. Uh, I criticized Barack Obama for eight years. I wasn't damaging the country because I criticized him. I was exercising my free speech rights to try to talk about what I think would help the country, and that is get rid of him. I damaged him, if you will, for four years in hopes that we would replace him after just four um, because I felt like that was in the best interest of the country. You know, some, So if we say that you know, criticizing the president and damaging the president is damaging the country and therefore we shouldn't do it, we don't have a free country anymore. There is a right to mock Barack Obama, and there is a right to mock Donald Trump. As distasteful as it is, as much as we hate Hollywood for the way they do that, that they are so blatantly one-sided, that they are so left of center, it's not fair. Um, the fact is, accept it, because that's the price, that's the bargain, that's the, the deal when you want to have a free country, when you want freedom of speech. 
then you have to accept the freedom of speech from other people, even if it's speech you don't like. President Trump doesn't have to like what Saturday Night Live says about him, but he has to accept that they have a right to say it and stop threatening federal investigations. It looks petty. It looks beneath him. It's beneath the office. It makes him look like he's too thin-skinned, like he's just a child. I support the president. As Ellen said, um, he became the only choice. The only choice when it was when it was down to him or Hillary Clinton. He remains the only choice when it's down to him or any one of the 20 Democrats who have filed not a run against him. But he's got to stop the embarrassing stuff. He's got to stop this petty stuff. He doesn't have enough of a base to win re-election with just the base. He needs to pull more people in. He will not do it with this sort of thin-skinned, uh, crybaby type of behavior. We'll be back after that. Um. Ten thirty-six now. The Bob France Authority continues on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. By my count, I've got twenty-four minutes of outstanding awesome left for you. You can participate in said awesome if you dial two one six nine zero one zero nine four five or triple eight two eight one eleven ten. You can also use the toxic platforms of Twitter and Facebook at uh, in reaching me at France Radio F R A N T Z Radio all one word no spaces. No underscores. I want to go back to two uh, previous items and follow up on them. The first being the Second Amendment, as uh, we were just discussing uh, with the previous caller. Um, (laughs) The Supreme Court in the state of Connecticut has decided that lawsuits can continue from the families of victims in the Sandy Hook shooting against not the shooter, Adam Lanza, but against the gun manufacturer for daring to make a gun and, oh, to market it as well, to make people want to buy this legal product in a uh, Second Amendment-protected United States of America. I wanted to follow that with the story um, from New Zealand that nobody is talking about. The story in New Zealand, of course, that we are all talking about is that a crazed, lunatic, uh, white supremacist, anti-Muslim gunman shot down 49 people in two different mosques and injured 40 others, shot and killed, rather, 49, and shot and wounded 40 others. Um, that's horrific, of course, in all manners, respects. There is no, there is no um, room for, for justification or, or whataboutism or anything else in that story. It's just horrific. But the story out of New Zealand from that day that is ignored almost completely is the story of the lives that were saved by a good guy with a gun. That's a story that the left doesn't want you to hear about. That part of the story, um, the media will not touch. That a good guy with a gun actually helped save lives by scaring off and chasing the bad guy with the gun. Why is it that when someone uses the firearms that the left thinks are so evil to actually save lives, that story is completely ignored by the media. And it is. One of the shootings uh, uh, at the New Zealand Mosque Friday reportedly ended when an armed prayer goer 
returned fire, causing the attackers to flee. The man was a worshipper at the Linwood Mosque in Christchurch, New Zealand, which was targeted along with the Al Noor's Mosque in a pair of attacks in central Christchurch that left 49 dead. According to the New Zealand Herald, the well-known Muslim local chased the shooters with a rifle or shotgun and fired two shots at them as they sped off in a car. He was heard telling police officers he was firing in self-defense. They were in a silver Subaru, he told police. Now, a number of liberals decided to claim that conservatives were ignoring this because he was a Muslim. Molly Jong Fast tweeted, Today would be an excellent day for the President of the United States to denounce anti-Muslim rhetoric. And then Mark Strauss responded, Also, you notice that the good guy with the gun crowd is not rushing to urge more Muslims to arm themselves. Which is a complete lie. We are urging all innocent people who wish to defend themselves to arm themselves. An armed population is a free population, is a secure population, is a protected population. The NRA spokeswoman Dana Lash tweeted, Good guy with a gun. Make terrorists afraid of ever targeting innocents again. This is what the NRA says. A well-known Muslim local chased the shooters and fired shots at them to scare them away. The left says, we won't acknowledge it because it shows that a Muslim with a gun is a good thing. But what we are actually saying is, we want everybody who is peace-loving to have weapons. Because weapons are what create peace, not war. Weapons deter war. Weapons deter attacks. Not to be overly simplistic about this again, or to beat a dead horse, but how many times do we need to point out? None of the mass shootings we see in the United States in public buildings occur in public buildings where concealed carry firearms are encouraged or welcomed. Literally, Every single one of those mass shootings in the United States take place in a place that have a little sticker or a big sticker or sign on the door saying no guns allowed here. Murderers don't like being murdered. Murderers don't like being shot back at. They like having defenseless targets that they can just go in and mow down at their leisure without any danger coming back at them. Joel B. Pollock tweeted, here's the New Zealand Herald report referenced by Ryan Saavedra. The good guy with a gun, if this report is accurate, likely saved dozens of lives. Conservative commentator Carmen Sabia, Carmine Sabia went out of his way to proclaim this hero as Muslim. Quote, an armed Muslim man likely saved many lives. Good guy with a gun. That's what this is all about. And the left hates it. They hate that narrative, which is why they try to change the narrative to about being about a Muslim. It's not about Muslim. It's not about Christian. It's not about Jew. It's about innocent people protecting themselves from evil people using weapons as the United States. Well, no, this happened in New Zealand, obviously, but as the United States intended. Armed people. Kurt Schlichter wrote a great piece about this in Town Hall for this morning as well. 
Kentucky recently became the 16th state to amend its laws to get rid of onerous restrictions on healthy law-abiding adults bearing arms, conforming its concealed weapon statutes to the Constitution, and irritating liberals prefer that we citizens remain helpless sheep. Some of us channel the founders and believe it's every eligible citizen's duty to own the kind of guns liberals label assault weapons in order to be able to personally protect themselves, their families, their communities, and their constitution. Others just want the option of carrying a thirty-eight at a house of worship or elsewhere in public where evil might manifest. But liberals oppose this natural right. Why? Well, there are only two kinds of people who object to normal Americans being able to protect their lives and freedoms. Felons and aspiring tyrants, and it just so happens, both of them are key constituencies of the Democrat Party. The trend in most states is to shall issue concealed weapons permits, with a third of the states tossing out even those useless obstacles to free citizens exercising their personal choice when it comes to packing heat. In 2019, the Second Amendment is evolving right with society increasingly recognize, recognizing that this essential freedom should not be arbitrarily restricted. Liberals should be all aboard. Remember how liberals keep telling us that our conception of rights is supposed to take changes in society into account? The living Constitution that they always talk about? We always hear how the Constitution must evolve when it's a fake right that Democrats like, as opposed to one that's actually written into the Bill of Rights. Well, the overwhelming trend lately is for legislatures and governors across the country to democratically enact gun freedom measures. So we need to ask our liberal friends, where's your living constitution now? Gun-grabbing liberals seem to think the existence of people who want to shoot random civilians should make us want to be less able to defend ourselves. No. The horrifying New Zealand terrorist attack would would usually have drawn universal attacks by liberals on law-abiding citizens and their rights. On the upside, the dishonest and disgraceful slander of fellow Americans that usually accompanies these events was comparatively muted, perhaps because this loser, who should die anonymously, his videos unviewed, his manifesto unread, and his name unspoken, was so transparently attempting to provide everyone with fodder to hate their political opponents. To rile liberals, he mixed in references to Trump and Candace Owens. To outrage us normals, he embraced leftism and environmental wackoism. It was a scam to get us at, set us at each other's throats. The proper response to this creep's rude manipulation is to not pretend that he was motivated by anything other than resentment over his own manifest inadequacies and failures. To hang this idiot's axe on one's political opponents for cheesy short-term rhetorical advantage is to play his game. Instead, we should come together in the hope that the Kiwis hang that idiot. So I'll stop there because... <clears throat> The primary part about that was not infringing upon our Second Amendment rights. It's what they're doing. It's what they always do. They always attempt to use every and any tragic situation to try to uh, pro- or to uh, limit your rights. Limit your right to defend yourself. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez among them. Oh, I'm sorry, Kelly Bundio-Cortez and others sought to tie the shootings to our debate over gun rights, as well as, of course, the requisite white supremacy and Donald Trump's rhetoric led to this, even in a foreign country, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But about gun rights, we cannot allow that to happen. If ever you know, an example was needed, we got it from this heroic Muslim New Zealander who saw the attack taking place. And by the way, I should also point this out. Was anybody else... 
incredibly discouraged by the response of the uh, New Zealand president? Was anybody concerned that she said immediately, our gun laws will change? She and they in New Zealand already have some of the most restrictive gun laws in the world. And yet somebody got their hands on one and killed 49 people with it. And that 49 could have been 59 or 69 or 79 if at the second mosque a good guy with a gun hadn't appeared. And now they want to make it even harder for the good guys to have a gun. Has there ever been a better example of why restrictive gun laws are the wrong solution to massive gun violence? Because criminals don't respect gun laws. Criminals don't obey the law. We talk about this repeatedly. Drugs are illegal. Possessing heroin is a crime. Cocaine, meth, even weed, it's a federal crime. And yet, thousands and thousands and thousands of people here in the United States are somehow in possession of weed, cocaine, meth, fentanyl, heroin. Criminals don't obey laws. They obtain and possess things that they're not supposed to obtain and possess. So when those things go from being drugs to being guns, knowing that laws will not stop them from possessing them, New Zealand... Why would you double down and say, well, we're going to crack down and make it even harder to get guns? It's not hard for criminals. There are black markets. It's only going to be harder for legal people, responsible people, who want to protect themselves. Those are the only ones who are assisted by um, uh, looser gun laws and restricted by tighter gun laws. It's extremely important that we follow the or watch the example, I should say, being set in New Zealand, and go the opposite direction. Don't follow them. Go the, diff- the opposite direction. We sh- if anything, what we should focus on, the, the news stories on CBS, NBC, uh, ABC, and on down the line, the news stories should be that the 49 people who were killed were stopped from being 59, 69, or 79 by a good guy with a gun. I promise you this. Let me ask you this. Do you think that the family members of any of the murder victims in mosque number one wish somebody with a gun had been there to protect their loved ones the way there was in mosque number two? I guarantee you, New Zealanders in mosque number one wish somebody would have had a gun there because maybe their loved one would have been spared when the individual fled from uh, from the scene when somebody presented the gun. I promise you that's how they would see it. Let me shift gears for a moment here. We're still talking about international issues. This one's a little bit of a different kind. We've reminded you, uh, by way of most of our uh, Salem uh, national hosts, about the incredible humanitarian crisis that is going on in Haiti right now. And that's why food for the poor has been so integral in trying to save lives there. This is the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. And in the aftermath of violent street protests, 
life-saving resources have been cut off. Things like food, medicine, and clean drinking water. It is an absolutely devastating situation. And Food for the Poor, our friends and partners, are one of the few organizations on the ground helping Haiti. But they need your help to tackle the worst humanitarian crisis since that devastating earthquake of 2010. And here's how we're going to try to help. We want you business owners here in Greater Cleveland to take advantage of the business benefactor program that we have set up. It's going to allow two things to happen. One, families in Haiti are going to get the life-saving resources that they need. And two, your business is going to get a huge bump. What we are asking is for you to donate $500 to help the uh, the uh, victims in Haiti, to help the needy families in Haiti by donating $500 to Food for the Poor. And in return for that, we will give you $1,000 worth of free advertising on AM 1420, The Answer. That's right. You make the donation, which is, by the way, tax deductible. And in addition to being tax deductible, we'll give you $1,000 worth of free commercials on AM 1420, The Answer. It's our way of helping the people who are most in need. This is the phone number to call if you are a business owner who can help us. 844-868-4673. That's 844-868-4673. Or you can go to our website, whkradio.com, and click on the banner ad there for Food for the Poor. A $500 donation from your business to Food for the Poor gets you $1,000 worth of free advertising on AM 1420, The Answer. Donate to Food for the Poor and help grow your business at the very same time. And as always, thank you so very much for caring about the less fortunate among us. And we'll be right back after. Final segment of the broadcast at 10.55. It's always a short one, but we'll take a phone call or two if we can get them in. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Uh, Jim in West Park is waiting. Jim, you're on the air. Good morning. Yes, um, I'm going to make a comment about Silent No More. They offered uh, Corsi a plea deal, and that's a felony in itself. When you when you offer, like it's the same thing with Flynn. That's why that court threw that case out and said, we'll come, we'll come back to you in April. They, uh, 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 Mueller's committing felonies by offering these plea deals that aren't, they even told Flynn he, wa- he wasn't guilty. But by doing that, Mueller committed a felony. Now, and this other thing about the DNC server, that's proof that, uh, it didn't come from Russia, and it didn't come from the other places. It only came from the DNC and Seth Rich. Okay, that's proof right there. There was three other things that, uh, of course, he goes into to find this information. This guy figured it out. So that's right. why he's suing for $250 million. Thanks for taking my call, Bob. Oh, okay, Jim, thank you. Um, there are a lot of felonies, I think, that have been committed in that entire uh, affair that has led to the Mueller investigation. I didn't get a chance to ask Jordan about this this morning, Congressman Jim Jordan, but he was on Hannity last week on Friday, I think it was, pointing out uh, some very obvious truths. And I talked about this a little bit in the first hour of the program this morning as well. Uh, the number of people who are complicit in acquiring and using that dirty, phony, lying, steel dossier uh, that was presented to the FISA court to get the um, 
search or the uh, warrant to spy on the Trump uh, the Trump campaign. That those are felonies in and among themselves, and uh, and people aren't being held accountable for it. That's why there needs to be a second special prosecutor appointed, a special uh, counsel, I should say, appointed. It's absolutely necessary. But Jordan on Hannity uh, talked about this on uh, on Friday night. He said they didn't tell the court the dossier was unverified, referring to the uh, FISA court. He said they didn't tell them who paid for it, which was the Clinton campaign. They didn't tell the court that Christopher Steele, the guy who wrote it, uh, was desperate that Trump not win, this former British uh, 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 spy. They didn't tell the court that Christopher Steele had been fired by the FBI because he's not he was uh, out leaking information there's not a lot to sh- uh, that's a lot not to share with the secret court especially when you're getting a warrant to spy on the other party's campaign this is there were felonies committed left and right you're talking about Mueller committing felonies before Mueller ever even got appointed these felonies were going on and that's why another special counsel absolutely does have to be uh, appointed hopefully the new attorney general uh, uh, William Barr will do exactly that so that no matter what happens with the Mueller report when it's finally released or finally concluded, there is justice that is going to be done uh, on the people who led up to the Mueller uh, appointment even being made. All right. Thank you so much for the call. Thanks for a lot of great discussion today. Uh, really important things going on right now. We're going to stay on top of it. Mike Gallagher's got you covered next. Stay here for Gallagher, then Prager, then, of course, Dr. G, Jay Sekulow, and Larry Elder. And I'm back tomorrow morning after Hugh Hewitt for the next edition of the Bob France Authority. Hope you have yourself a wonderful day. Be well and be safe. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.